All right. So we're doing, we're doing the, we're doing how to support your kids through anxiety. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to know. Well, it is hard to know, but we're going to find out. That's the teaser, Lee, for this week's show on Dear Anxiety. I'm Ed Krasnick. My partner's Rini Jane. We do a show called Dear Anxiety, which you're listening to right now. And it is the show that talks about how we relate to our mental health, how we relate to our mental well wellness, mental well-being, emotional fitness. These are terms that nobody knows anything about because it's a new world now. Now that we realize we have thoughts and feelings and the culture realizes that maybe mental health is important, we have a show about it. And we talk, call it Dear Anxiety, but we deal with all kinds of issues for all ages. Parents, kids, families, grandparents, great-grandparents, people who are no longer living. It's all part of our audience. On today's show, we're going to talk about how to support your kids, how to support the people that you know through anxiety. There's no one better to do it than the queen of anxiety, someone who studied with the father of applied positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, Martin Seligman. Her name is Rini Jane. She has a company called GoZen. GoZen teaches resilient skills to kids, parents, schools all over the world using creative play and animation. It's amazing. GoZen.com. And here she is. I am now the queen of anxiety and Lee just found some queen of funk music for us. So you have to say I'm the queen of funk. She is the queen of super heavy funk. (laughs) That's right. So I heard you say that there are people who are no longer here on earth listening to this podcast. So we have the... The cross people who have crossed over are also. Well, that's our demographic. Yeah, that's a big part of our demo. (laughs) They're not (laughs) going to be writing in, but they we will be feeling their presence. So deal with it. (laughs) So this is a hard topic. Yeah, it's a long topic. It's yeah, this is a tough one. How do you support your kids? What is too much support? What's too little support? How much do I push them? But come on, they're anxious. Am I pushing them out of their comfort zone? You know, it's it's really tough. And I have to say that my kids are now in kindergarten and first grade. And I totally understand this from a different perspective. You know, I was a kid that was anxious and now I'm a parent. And I see that even when my kids aren't experiencing anxiety, I want to support them in ways where I want to do everything for them sometimes. I'm like, oh, I don't want you to forget that you had this piece of homework. And I don't, you know, I want to make sure that your backpack is packed properly. So I'm trying to prevent my own anxiety from flaring up. And so I really, really understand from a different perspective, how hard it is to watch our kids go through something to push themselves through their anxiety, right? And how uncertain we are in terms of what our role should be when it comes to that. It's hard to know how much you should help. Well, this is a good this is a good question because I think in today's world where we always talk about the fact that the family, the extended family and the community aspect of everyday living has sort of been been extinguished in some ways, that people are kind of off isolated on their own. And that's just the way our culture is. I'm not saying that there aren't communities out there, but it's a lot harder to build a community now. You really have to be very active and very conscious about it. So, So I'd say in that regard, we've forgotten how to let people do things for themselves and and become less practiced at, look, I don't have the time. You you have to figure out how to deal with this. And, and gone way over to the other side, which is like if a kid is upset, in the least, we have to, what's the matter? 
How do we solve it? What what do we do for you? Oh, you look really upset. Oh my God. Oh, oh, you didn't get what you want. I mean, it's a really strange time right now. So the question is, what is the really loving thing to do? And how do you really support people in a loving way that actually helps them grow? I think the most loving thing that we can do is to remember that the key component in support for our kids and for ourselves and as humans is connection. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. They want to know that we get it, that we understand what we're what they're going through. So, And that doesn't mean that you allow them to do whatever. That doesn't mean that they get to stay home from school necessarily. That doesn't mean that they get to skip things because they're feeling anxious. That just means that we are connected to the experience that they're going through. And I think if we keep that as our higher level goal and as our intention, then it's very, that is the support that they will feel. That's what they will feel the most, you know, that we're there and we're connected to them. You know, we will as always on the show, talk about practical things that we can do to really, you know, to really show that connection in a way that's palpable and things that we can do so that you know, okay, so what, okay, so I have to be connected with my kid. What does that mean? We're going to explain what it means. But I think that that's the most important thing that our kids need. Yeah. I, and I, and I would say, and I'm, I'm guilty of this myself when you're, you know, it starts with it starts with me. It starts with you. And that's basically how do I practice these techniques, these skills, these support practices for myself so that I can connect with my kid? Because I think a lot of parents get tired and I think they're drained. And I think they're drained by okay, me. Let me just say not a lot of parents. Let me say that me, I have this issue and it inhibits my ability to connect because I'm not doing some basic things that maybe I need to do for myself. So that all has to be taken into consideration. I mean, we want to be good parents. We want to be there for our kids. If we are not there for ourselves, it is extremely difficult to be a good parent. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's self-connection, right? The ability to really sit with yourself and see what you need and see what you're feeling and be self-aware. I think that that is absolutely the, the cornerstone of all of this, of resilience for the family. Because you're right, because if you're depleted and you're not able to connect with yourself, then how are you going to be able to, to give that to your kids, especially when they need it? So, you know, we were talking on one of the last episodes about separating from your kids and the anxiety that the beginning of the school year can cause in a family and the ripple effect that it can cause. And we've had a few people write in, you know, they wanted to know, like, well, how do I support my kid? I have a child that wakes up in the morning and they really don't want to go to school. You know, they're having the stomach ache. They're having they're having some other symptoms that are manifesting based on the stress and the anxiety. And am I being a non-supportive parent by pushing them? I just don't know how much to push them, essentially. So I think we need to remember that the goal with anxiety and stress is not to eliminate it, right? But to try to transform it. So this is not the, about the elimination. It's like energy cannot be created or destroyed, right? Stress and anxiety within us cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be transformed. So that is important for us to remember because a lot of times we see our child in that state and we just want to get rid of it. Oh my goodness, I have to go to work and you have to get to school and we just need to get rid of it, right? And so the goal is not to get rid of. It is not elimination. It is transformation. Yeah, it's transformation. And that in itself really takes you to a different place because, you know, you're not you're not trying to you don't have an energy of resistance around feelings and thoughts and 
and and anxiety or tension or stress or any any kind of issue that comes up because that's I know for you know they say this for dads and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's true or not but there there's a tendency to fix you want to fix it and that is not going to help you it's not going to help your kid it's not going to help your wife it's not going to help your your partner there's nothing because nothing's broken nothing is broken like Rini is saying like what you're saying this is energy energy in motion emotion energy in motion it's moving it wants to go somewhere you don't need to stop it from going where it wants to go but you know we think there's something wrong with us and really there's nothing wrong with us we're not broken there's nothing to fix that's oh, a you know i think we should repeat that we're not broken and there's nothing to fix yeah how many of us really buy that well not me um but i <laughs> i certainly can say it i don't buy it no i you don't buy i mean this is the thing we're not we don't practice we're not we don't learn that that's the truth you know, people don't sit in a classroom or parents don't sit down. They say, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. You will have thoughts and feelings. They are not who you are. Your thoughts are not who you are. Your feelings are not who you are. They will come and they will go. And you will talk to them and relate to them and listen to them. And you will learn how to navigate them. But there is nothing wrong with you at all. And you just don't hear that in life. Yes. Well, that's beautiful. I mean, we just heard it from you and I'm soaking in those words. You heard it from somebody who doesn't say it to themselves, but is saying it to an audience. Uh, you're still that's what's healer. so funny about it. Yeah, I know you're, you have wisdom and you're insightful and I know that you try to use those words with yourself every day. I know you do. I try. I try. So, I mean, so that said, so now, now so what is too much? Tell me what's tell me what's too much. What is too what is too much and what is too little? And too what is exactly right? Is, too much support is taking over for our child and rendering them out of control of their own life, right? I will do your homework for you. I will take care of this for you. I will I will protect you in all ways that you are not experiencing life, that you are not exerting autonomy over your life, and I'm not going to give you that chance to because I don't want you to be hurt. I'm doing it out of love. I know that you're anxious. I know that it makes you nervous to go on the bus. I know that it makes you nervous to raise your hand in class. I know that you're feeling anxious about, you know, not maybe being invited to a birthday party, maybe not being. I know that you're worried about what you're going to, if what you're eating at lunch is strange or where you're going to sit at lunch. There's all these things that happen in different environments. And we have a lot of people that listen to the show that homeschool, right? And there can be a lot of anxieties in, in that as well. You know, I'm giving examples of a situation where you're going to a school, but there can be lots of different stressors. So too much support is taking over for our kids and making the assumption that they're not able to do it. Now, you guys might be listening and saying, listen, I have a child that's in extreme distress and they really can't. Like they can't, you know, they, I don't think that they can. I don't think that they can get to the bus. I don't think that they can get to the front door of the school. So then I would say that in those situations, we really need to use gradual exposure. We really need to create in the Gozen programs, we call it laddering, where you create a ladder and you give little miniature goals to yourself or with your child, you create little miniature goals. If they can't get to the bus stop, well, maybe they can get to the end of your driveway, right? And 
you have to create goals that push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone. And your child is a little bit out of their comfort zone. And when they're beginning to feel anxious, they really need to ride the wave of anxiety and you can do that with them. There's a difference between being stressed and being in distress, right? So it's okay to have that feeling of stress and nerves. You can actually use it to your advantage. So the messaging needs to be that we don't need this, you know, we don't need to get rid of it completely. That's important for kids to know that there is a learning lesson in the struggle. Yeah, there is there is a learning lesson in the struggle. And and also they do need to experience what they're going through. So you're not trying to shut off what they're going through. You know, you feel nervous, you feel anxious, you have these feelings that are talking to you. And you say this often, you know, it's uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. Absolutely. We it's un- need it them is to uncomfortable. go through that. It is uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And, and you know what? Discomfort is not, is not dangerous. It's actually, it's actually something that you can navigate. You can work with discomfort. And, you know, we want to be comfortable all the time. And that's not growing. That's not living. That's not I think life. sometimes we go on high alert because that discomfort will manifest in the terms of something in terms of something really loud, like your kids screaming or melting down in a way that really affects your own nervous system, right? You get yeah. really upset because you're watching this child and Sometimes it it has other physical symptoms that feel like they can be scary. Again, you guys know that Ed and I are not MDs, so you should obviously go to a pediatrician and run by them what is going on with your child. But if they come back and they say, listen, it's anxiety, then we're here to tell you that if your child is feeling anxious and they are panicking, that is super uncomfortable, but it's not dangerous. And what we do when we take over for our kids and we protect them from everything is we eventually, we make them feel better in the short run, you know, because in the short run, oh, mom's not making me go to the party, right? Dad's not telling me to go sit on the school bus. In the short term, everybody feels better. I don't have to deal with a melting down child and they don't have to deal with their big feelings. In the long term, it reinforces the anxiety every single time. Right. That is there is no doubt in my mind, both from a research based perspective, a personal perspective and a professional perspective, that if you protect your kids from feeling their feelings, it is going to make it worse for them in the long run. Yeah, it's well, the the message is that I can't my feelings are bigger than I am and I cannot tolerate my feelings. And so what do you want to do then? Then you want to, then what you learn is you learn how to avoid your feelings and how to resist your feelings. So you got a lot of people who are walking around with stuck feelings in them since childhood and now have to go to therapy to uncover it. Now have to go to therapy to deal with it because it's stuck. You know, it's energy in motion. The feelings just want to go. They want to move and they don't want, they don't need to be contained. They, you can actually let them go. Feelings can be can be experienced and let go of. And again, I'm saying things that I mean, these are challenging things for me. Okay, this is this is everybody. I don't care who you are. I'm sure that the Dalai Lama wakes up and I'm sure he has some sensations that aren't comfortable for him. I'm sure he knows he has a practice and he's able to navigate them very well. But that doesn't mean that the the feelings don't stop. The thoughts don't stop. We're human beings. I would say with your kids, if you are experiencing this where they're feeling really distressful, anxiety, 
And especially if it's school related or it doesn't even have to be school related. It can be it can be triggered by anything that you draw a silhouette of your child, right? A piece of paper, you know, a drawing of the human body can be a little bit more than a stick figure so you can write inside of it. And inside the body, you have them write the things that make them feel comfortable. Okay, so hanging out at home, you know, playing with my brother, playing video games. So whatever are the things that they're comfortable with, maybe they're comfortable hanging out with a best friend, maybe they're comfortable. So whatever, whatever are the things, the activities that they do that keep them in their comfort zone go inside the silhouette. And then outside the silhouette, right outside the silhouette, put things that create growth for them. So saying hi to a new person. So maybe they're experiencing social anxiety or speaking in front of a group. Maybe they're experiencing performance anxiety. So these are the things that are pushing them out of their comfort zone. And then outside of that, you know, one more, you can draw one more silhouette or just further out the things that really put them in distress. Not, you know, if, if mom and dad go away traveling, maybe that's something that really creates distress for them. But what you're doing is you're showing them, you know, inside the silhouette is I call it the C zone. So it's the comfort zone. And outside of it is the growth zone. And this is very similar to laddering. It's just a different way of visualizing it. You tell them, I want you to be in that growth zone, but in the growth zone, well, there are waves of feelings that happen. But I want you to try it at least two or three times a day. How are we going to grow otherwise? Right. Yeah. I think those kind of those kind of exercises are are great. I know that my daughter likes to you know, likes to draw it out and likes to see it on paper and that, that that's a really good thing to do. And some kids like to, you know, role play it. I'll be, I'll be anxious about something and you talk to me about it, you know, let's reverse roles and let's hear what, let's hear what you would say. I mean, you can do this with your kid, right? So I'll be, so listen. um, So we'll do a little bit of before and after with what the parent maybe should do differently, right? So I will be the before on the parent. Okay, you be the before. I'm a kid. I've come in. Let's see what happens when these creatures encounter one another in the wild. Look, I you know I started this new school and oh. I cannot, you know, I don't nobody talks to me. Oh, are you uh, what worried am I going? about that? Are you Am I worried you, about it? I don't yeah. want to go to school anymore. Are you worried about like the lockers and, you know, hanging out in the hallway? Oh, yes. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I mean, nobody shows you. Nobody shows you around here. What do I do? Are you also worried about, you know, like when you get into your homeroom where you sit? Because I know you don't have assigned seating. Does that worry you too? I don't know where to sit. And the other day I sat next to somebody and they said, that's my chair. And I'm like, we don't have chairs. And he's like, move. Oh my goodness. Come on. It's like, I don't know what to do. What is this? I don't even want to go here anymore. Honey, this is just life. You know, these are the things that you're going to have to do all the time, but you're just kind of have to figure it out. Like we all just figure it out. Okay. All right. I love you. And I know you're going to figure it out. Yeah. These animals clearly have their defenses up. (laughs) <laughs> all right. So that's the before. Okay. So a few things went wrong there. Yeah. So first of all, I was feeding you a bunch of worries, right? I'm asking you a bunch of leading questions, which is maybe maybe hopefully counterintuitive. And I think we want to feed questions, especially when our kids are feeling anxious. I think one of the things that we can do is we can ask curious, more open-ended questions. So tell me more about that. How are you feeling about that? Those kind of questions uh, instead of leading, obviously. And then I gave some tough love, which, you know, we're asking asking about 
what's too much support? What's too little support? And I think it's not necessarily the idea that I just gave you tough love, but I gave it to you in a way that was so unempathetic. I was like, I love you, but you could hear it in the tone of voice. I was completely disconnected because not that I don't love you, but I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with it, right? I don't want to deal with this and life is tough and you should do it. So I think the point is in my tone, in my delivery, in the words that I was actually saying, I was disconnected from you. And we want to be connected to our kids. That is where they're going to feel support. So even if you just have the intention in your mind that this conversation needs to be about connection, that maybe you don't say the right things all the time. I certainly don't as a parent, but that intention goes really far. So we can try it again. Okay. Then let me just ask you this. What do you need? You know, we talk about mantras sometimes and everybody needs a mantra. I mean, I really believe that. What, what do you say to yourself as a parent to shift from the automatic response of I've got to fix this for my kid and I've got to take care of it now to I need to connect with them? I think one mantra we can say is that's really interesting, right? It is so simple. But if we change our mindset by saying the mantra, that's really interesting. Well, when we're actually interested in something, we get curious about it. And curiosity will lead to connection with your kids because you're not angered by it. You're not frustrated by it. You're not judging yourself when, you know, a lot of times we're judging ourselves when our kid comes home and they have a hard time, all of a sudden it leads to self-judgment. What did I do wrong? How am I failing this kid? How come he hasn't learned his coping skills? So all of that goes out the door, move it aside. And what we need to say to ourselves is, that's interesting. And when we say, that's interesting, then we start to get curious and that will lead to connection. So you're saying that's interesting while you are listening. In my mind, mentally. In your mind. Right. You're saying it to yourself. Oh, that's Yeah, because it might not be completely appropriate if your child is telling you something that he's really anxious about to be like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> but yeah. there may be more appropriate words, but really the mindset and the mantra in your mind is, hmm, like, hmm, that's interesting. Okay. I wonder what's going on there. Okay. With that okay. in mind, this is take two. And now we're going to try a different way where we'll, we'll try it with connection. So I, I went into my homeroom this morning, I go into class and I sit there and the guy's in my seat and I say, that's my seat. And he says, no, it's not. That's my seat. And then the teacher says, we don't, don't you realize we don't have an assi assigned seats? It's like, what? This new school is driving me crazy. Oh, well, that's, wow. Can you tell me a little bit more about what happened? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I just am getting used to this place, but I'm not really used to it. You know, I mean, in my old school, I knew where everything was. I knew who everybody was. And here, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't even know how the lockers work. Yeah, I, I can hear that. I wonder, I wonder how I would feel in that situation. I wonder if you can even tell me, explain a little bit more about how you feel. Well, I feel, you know, I just feel like I don't belong here. I feel like there's, I, I don't really like, I'm different than the other kids. I mean, nobody else seems to be having a problem. I, it, it, only me. Wow. I hear, I can completely hear how you're feeling, you know, and I'm glad that you were able to tell me that, that you were really aware of what's going on with you. And I wonder if it's going to get easier. What do you think? Well, I don't think it's going to get harder. I don't know if it can get harder. It's pretty hard right now. I really don't want to go to school tomorrow. I'll tell you that. I don't want to go to school, but I will just, we'll just have to see, you know, 
I don't know. I don't know what to do. I really I, don't. I really don't. I hear that feeling. I you know what's funny? A lot of times I feel that way about work. I'll have a really hard day and then I come home and somehow when I sleep, it's like hitting the reset button and I wake up in the morning and I, I just have, I feel differently about it. I never think I'm going to feel differently about it, but then I go to sleep and I wake up and I do feel differently. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen with you, but here's what I do know, that things come and go and you know, that you have to take it easy on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. Sometimes I hear you saying things that you would never say to me. You're so kind and loving to me. So I hope, and I'm not trying to change the way you feel because I hear what you're saying, but I hope that you can at least be as kind to yourself as you are to me. Hmm. Well, can you yeah, try that? I guess. Yeah. I guess I can try. Yeah. Okay. I guess. Come on, let's get a snack. And it okay. always ends in food. Isn't it beautiful when different species can live in harmony? It has to end in food. That's right. And <clears throat> that's the new name of the show is It Always Ends in Food. See, you know, um, I stumbled along there. And as you guys know, we've mentioned this before. We do not script the show, nor do we script these role plays. And the reason we don't script the role plays is because we want it to be more like real life. We know that it doesn't get tied up with a bow. You know, we know that it can be messy. But one of the things that was different is in my mind, when I was having that conversation with you, I was trying to be curious. I was feeling curiosity, like, hmm, I wonder what's going on there. And I was also really just trying to connect, saying like, hmm, you know, like that that's hard what you're going through. And I threw in some self-compassion stuff. It is really, really hard to be in a conversation like that with one of your kids or your friend or your partner, your spouse or whomever, someone you care about and not want to fix it. You have to, especially if you've been doing that, that's your go-to is fixing. You have to practice just listening and connecting. Yeah. And, 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 and like you say, if you don't have an intention or you don't have a mantra or you don't have a, this is interesting, or I want to connect with you, or I let's connect or something, you will default to the automatic stuff that you usually do. I know it happens to me all the time with my daughter. What happens is I notice something about myself is my pace gets quicker. Like I'm running to catch a bus emotionally. And I try to catch it. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, tell me more about that. Oh, what's going on with that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know exactly how that feels. And you, your motor gets going. And so I know if my motor gets going, I know, oh, I'm not, I'm not connecting. I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to get ahead of it. Just need to listen. Just need to listen. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to do. It takes a lot of practice. It's so us. we were talking about too much support, you know, which is doing everything for your child or letting them avoid everything, you know, one or the other. Too little support, which is really super tough love, but also tough love combined with disconnection. It's really about disconnection. And being that somewhere in the middle where you're modeling healthy ways of managing and coping with anxiety, right? And then showing them how and then allowing them to model that after you allowing them to do it and just being there. It's really, really hard to know, but you're like the support. Um, I'm, I'm visualizing and I'm doodling 
a tree that has a branch that needs to grow. And sometimes they put like a stick. This is a really <laughs> horrible visualization. But you know what I'm talking about? I know where It'll you're going. Like a, they yeah. put a, it's like a splint to help put it grow. like a splint. Yeah. yeah. So you're yeah. sometimes you're the splint, right? Mm-hmm. But eventually the branch grows strong and the splint is removed. So you just have to know. And obviously there is there's an art to it, right? It's not a science as to, well, you know, am I there? How long do I stay? You know, do I sit next to you when you're doing your homework? Do I go into the party with you for a while? So all of those things in terms of how you show up to be that support, you have to play around with that. But the intention should be that my child can do this. I can empower them to work through and transform their anxiety. I think a really good thing, too, when you bring it up as a technique, which is basically, how are you talking to yourself right now? Because a lot of the distress that comes to kids, to adults, to everybody, relates to how you are talking to yourself right now. What are you saying to yourself? Because usually it's pretty mean, and usually it's pretty unkind. And that's the automatic response. And so if you can break that down by saying, how would you talk to me? It really can be helpful because they will talk to you differently than they would talk to themselves. So can you say any of those things to yourself that you just said to me? Absolutely. And I think if you can model the transformation just the same way where you're saying out loud, you know, that really made me nervous when I had to go speak at that meeting. But then I knew that those nerves were going to help me, that I knew that that stress was going to help me, just motivate me a little bit. You literally have to say the things that you want them to do. You have to show them that you're doing it in your own life because we are. We are all the time, right? We're all human. We all experience feelings. Yes. Well, not me. No, yes, not I, you. Do. I do. I do. I, I actually do. Yes, I'm I'm from the planet Krull, but we'll talk about that on next week's show. So, well, listen, this is Dear Anxiety, and I say, well, listen, let's listen to each other more. And please keep listening to the show. Write in and tell us about your own life, about your own experiences. Tell us what works for you. Tell us what doesn't work for you. Tell us about anxiety in your own life. Tell us about stress. Tell us about your relationship to yourself, to your kids. Whatever you want to share, we want to hear it. And what do they do, Rini? They write into Go Zen. They can write into go at gozen.com. If you want to just send us a straight email, you can also go to gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. And there's a form right there that you can fill out and send in. Send a video, send an audio, send a, record something and send it to us. Uh, any, anything you want. We'd love to hear it. And keep listening to the show. You can hear us at bit.ly bit.ly forward slash Dear Anxiety. You can pick us up wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe. You can give us reviews as you have been. Thank you so much for the great reviews and pass it on because we're all in this together. And we all need to, we all need to help each other. We're, we're a community. It's a podcast. It's a community. It's a small world after all. Don't make me sing it. (laughs) Please sing it. You guys, we really, really want to thank you for the ratings you've been giving us on iTunes and in other places. And thank you so much. There have been so many people that have been writing in recently. We heard from Anne and Anne says, Rini and Ed, I want to thank you for having this amazing resource available at no charge. It's sometimes hard to work find programs into a budget, but your podcast and other resources have changed things drastically in my house for the better. So thank you guys. It means so much to know that we are able to get the word out there and some of what we're saying is helping. 
I like it. All right. Peace. Keep coming back at Works If You Work It. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. See you next time. Bye, guys. <laughs>